amazing, marvelous, stupendous, colossal, tremendous, gigantic, astounding, unbelievable, spectacular, phenomenal. And it's good, too. Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s, with yours truly, Glenn Robison. On Island Radio, FM 88.7 KISL Avalon, and on your internet dial at KISLAvalon.com. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this evening's program, we're going to turn our eyes to the sky, turn some things on, have a vocabulary lesson, have a digital segment, and end the show on a bright note. When you look at a constellation in the sky, it appears that all the stars are on a flat plane, and it's easy to forget that each of them is actually tens of light years closer or further from us than the others. My friend and colleague Patrick posted a graphic on Facebook pointing out this fact and showing the relative distances of each of the seven stars that make up the Big Dipper. And Patrick isn't even with our astronomy program in Idlewild. He's an instructor on Catalina Island in our marine science program. Of course, they can see stars on Catalina, too, I guess. Anyway, the Big Dipper is known around the world by different names, including the Plow, the Ladle, the Great Wagon, the Saucepan, and the Saptarishi, which means the Seven Great Yogis in Sanskrit. So we're going to start the show with the Big Dipper. Here's Jerry Blaine and his Streamline Rhythm. Thank you. 
You are probably familiar with King Oliver and Louis Armstrong's Dipper Mouth Blues and the 1923 recordings by King Oliver's Jazz Band for Jeanette and OK. You're probably also familiar with the Dorsey Brothers' 1935 recording. Glenn Miller and Larry Clinton recorded it in 1938, but we just heard Johnny Miller's New Orleans Frolickers and their April 25, 1928 recording made in New Orleans. That's from Columbia 1546-D, and I really like that version. We started that Dipper set with Jerry Blaine and his Streamline Rhythm and a swingin' rendition of The Big Dipper. The Big Dipper was composed by Larry Clinton, and Bluebird B-7344 was recorded December 17, 1937. In between, it was American blues guitarist Floyd Council, who was looking for my baby in February of 1937. Floyd Council was born in North Carolina in 1911 and learned guitar from George Letlow and Tommy Stroud, members of a local black string band known as the Chapel Hillbillies. Council eventually joined the group, caught the attention of local talent scout J.B. Long, and persuaded Long to record him in New York City, where he made a total of six sides. So what does all that have to do with the Big Dipper? Well, Floyd Council's nickname was Dipper Boy. Well, what do you know about that? I'm Glenn Robison, and you're listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. Back in 1969, ABC debuted a new television comedy sketch show called Turn On. Described as a fast-paced new comedy series with guest loony Tim Conway and an outstanding cast of other loonies. Although some considered it brilliant and groundbreaking, Turn On was turned off by the network after just one episode. Actually, less than one episode. It was canceled while the first episode was airing, and one station thought it was so bad they cut the 30-minute show after the first 15 minutes and replaced it with a rerun of My Little Margie. Well, for this segment, we're going to turn on some things, beginning with the collegiate jazzers who are going to turn on the heat. Thank you. 
radio, oh, what you're missing. The air is full of songs, so run along and buy a set. Just turn a little dial, and in a while, see what you get. You'll hear a jazz band way out in Chicago. You'll hear most everyone a great renown. And if you're blue and on your mind, you've got the hope you left behind. You can listen in on your hometown. parts of that record in IDs and promos for the show, but there you have it in its entirety. Ben Selvin and his Moulin Rouge Orchestra with our old friend Irving Kaufman and Turn On Your Radio. I don't think I've shared before that Turn On Your Radio was written by Cliff Hess, who I now know, thanks to Professor Bill Edwards of ragpiano.com, wrote songs from 1905 until 1953. I also now know his birthday, and I suspect we'll be hearing a lot more from Cliff Hess on the June 23rd show. Vocalion 14754 was recorded in December of 1923. And, of course, Turn On Your Radio is not to be confused with Turn Your Radio On, written by Albert E. Brumley, recorded by Whitey and Hogan in 1939, and a whole bunch of other people since. Turn On Your Radio is preceded by Bunny Berrigan and his orchestra with Turn On That Red Hot Heat, Burn Your Blues Away. The vocalist on Victor 25646, recorded on August 7, 1937, was Gail Reese. Turn On That Red Hot Heat was written by Paul Francis Webster and Louis Alter and is from the motion picture Vogues of 1938. It was the first film to use Max Factor's brand new Pancake brand of makeup which was specially designed for use with color film. We turned on this turn-on set with the Collegiate Jazzers, a Grey Gull studio band, and Turn On The Heat. The regular heat, not the red-hot heat. Turn On The Heat was written by De Silva, Brown, and Henderson, and is from the Janet Gaynor Charles Farrell picture, Sunny Side Up, where it's sung by Sharon Lynn and danced by the chorus during the famous Arctic to Tropic transformation scene. Our recording is from Van Dyke 71804, where it was sung by, that's right, Irving Kaufman. A few months ago, I mentioned that one of the few games on my phone is a word game called Word Hero, a boggle-type game where you find words from letters in a 4x4 grid. I was stumped again the other day when the clump of letters in a corner of the board contained no vowels. Turns out the only word to be made was cum, spelled C-W-M, a Welsh word meaning a valley head created through glacial erosion with a shape similar to an amphitheater. Synonyms are cory and cirque. So for this segment of the show, we're going to have a set of rapidly rotating records about cums, cirques, corys, or valleys, beginning with Mal Hallett and his orchestra. Thank you. 
there's a tall and shady pine tree Spreading perfume everywhere There's a little wrinkled lady Rocking in a rocking chair A million stars I bought And the one I love is waiting for me In a little rocky valley I'm longing to be Joe Lawson is banned at the Kit Kat restaurant in London with In a Little Rocky Valley. Jimmy Massini, guitarist in the band, sang the vocal refrain on Edison Bell Winner 5662 in April of 1934. In a Little Rocky Valley was written by Harry Green, Carol Bourne, and Rod Arden. I've played Peaceful Valley only twice on the show, once by Paul Whiteman and once by Burt Ralton and his Havana band, but you just heard it by Art Kahn and his orchestra from Columbia 490-D, recorded in Chicago on September 15, 1925. Peaceful Valley was written by Willard Robeson. We started this coombe set in Echo Valley with Mal Hallett and his orchestra and vocalist Jerry Perkins. Let Me Sing in Echo Valley was written by Fred Rose and Ed G. Nelson, and that DECA recording was made November 4, 1936. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7, KISL Avalon, and KISLAvalon.com. This and all our previous shows are also available 24-7 on demand anytime at all online at RapidlyRotatingRecords.com. And we're on all the major podcast directories. This next segment is Digital. Not digital as in ones and zeros, but digital as in fingers. Fingerprints were used as far back as the 3rd century BC in China as seals for important documents. But fingerprinting as a science of identification wasn't established until thousands of years later. The first systematic analysis of fingerprints was done by Harry Falls, and Francis Galton wrote the first known book on fingerprints. Alphonse Bertillon is the man credited with the first criminal identification of a fingerprint without a known suspect in 1902 when the latent print from the crime scene of a homicide was compared against existing criminal fingerprint files. Courts began to accept fingerprints, and in 1903 the New York Police Department and the Federal Bureau of Prisons began using fingerprint identification. Cesar Cella was the first person to be convicted of a crime using fingerprint identification on May 19, 1911. 
fun fact among my many and varied skills and talents, yours truly is a certified live scan fingerprint roller. And here to start off this segment is Patricia Rossborough with Fingerprints. Princess 
come to the courtroom. Please come to the prison wall. If you can't come to the courtroom, please come to the prison wall. Then you can see for yourself how bad company can let you fall. The last time I played Tiny Little Fingerprints was by the Dorsey Brothers Orchestra. That's right, on September 7, 2014. This time you heard it by Johnny Green and his orchestra with the vocal by Marjorie Logan and Johnny Green himself at the piano. That Royal Blue Columbia 78 number 2999-D was recorded January 3, 1935, a day after Jack Erickson recorded it with Jolly Coburn's orchestra for Victor. Tiny Little Fingerprints was composed by Sam H. Stepp with the words by Charlie Tobias and Charles Newman. Before that, Lizzie Douglas, better known as Memphis Minnie, the queen of the Delta Blues, had the Fingerprint Blues on June 27, 1940. She accompanied herself on guitar along with her third husband, Ernest Lawlers, better known as Little Son Joe. Memphis Minnie may have been the queen of the Delta Blues, but Patricia Rossborough was the queen of syncopation and she started off that digital set. On many of her records, she sounds like she has many more than ten fingers, but not so much on that utterly delightful novelty piano solo, Fingerprints, recorded by Parlophone on April 11, 1938. Fingerprints was written by Harry Engelman, himself a gifted pianist in the manner of Billy Merrill. He was born in Birmingham, England in 1912 and died there in 2002, 
but during that time wrote quite a number of other equally charming but unfortunately rare tunes, including Ivory Antics, Skittles, Snakes and Ladders, and Golden Chain. And you may just be hearing more from Harry Engelman soon. As ideas for segment topics come to me during the week, I jot them down, and usually the notes make sense. But the note for this segment says simply brighter, and I can't for the life of me figure out where that came from. Oh well, no matter. For no particular reason, here's a set of brighter records, starting off with Perry Bechtel. Everyone, I found the world is full of fun for me. 
I'm as happy as the breeze that sings a song among the trees and keeps its sweetest melodies for me. For I've left all my troubles behind me. They won't find me if I smile. Life's too short to be careful. Let's be cheerful for a while. Only just begun to put my troubles on the run. But from now on, this little one is brighter than the sun.
Guitarist Perry Bechtel was a sideman for a number of territory bands around Atlanta in the late 20s and early 30s. And he's been heard on the show in a couple of records by the Blue Harmony Boys, brothers Rufus and Ben Quillian. But he made at least four sides for Bluebird under his own name in 1934. We started the show with Perry Bechtel and his orchestra and May the Sun Shine Brighter, recorded in Atlanta on August 3, 1934. Peter DeRose wrote the music, and there are words which were written by Eddie Britt. That was followed by Al Boley with Lou Stone and his Monsignor Band, December 23, 1932, and Brighter Than the Sun, written by Anona Wynn and Ray Noble. Actress, broadcaster, and singer Anona Wynn was born Anona Edna Wilkins in Sydney, Australia, in 1904, but spent most of her career in the UK. She recorded a number of sides in late 1932 and early 1933, duets with Jack Plant, Sam Brown, and others. And if you listen to next week's show, you'll find out who at least one of those others is. The Paul B's trio wrapped things up with Tomorrow Will Be Brighter Than Today. Columbia A3756 was recorded in Chicago on October 23, 1922. And thanks once again to Professor Bill Edwards at regpiano.com and the very detailed biography on the site. I now know that Paul Bees was born Percy Hawthorne Sudborough on April 11, 1885, so you can expect him to have his own birthday tribute on our April 14th show. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. If you had half as much fun as I did, then I had twice as much fun as you. I hope your tomorrow will be brighter than today, and that you'll click in or tune in again next week. And as always, I thank you for your very kind attention.